0: good morning, everyone. It is so great to be here with you today. Again, I just love being able to come and be a part of our great church family. In fact, this morning I was uh, uh, got to share a little devotional with all of our volunteers. That's one of the things that we do um, before church even starts. And I was just reminded of just what a great, great team and family of people we have here at Eastside City Church. So I want to welcome you whether you're here in person and for those who are watching us online again we just want to say thank you for joining with us here today. My name is Pastor Todd Swisher along with my wife Jan. We are the lead pastors here at Eastside City Church and I know some of you are kind of like well it seems like there's a few less people here. I want to remind you that right now simultaneously while we are doing the service we have Alpha going on for both our Uh, adults. There's probably about 10 or 12 people in there, as well as um, for our youth. There's a youth alpha that's going on here at the same time. And so, again, as you look around, you see an empty seat. Think about this. Maybe there's somebody you could invite to come to church with you next week. What a thought. Hey, let's believe God that each one of these seats represents a person, a life that God wants to change. Well, today, I believe God wants to encourage you and challenge you and strengthen you and, and pour out his grace upon you. And I, in fact, I heard the word, the word of the Lord this week as I was preparing for this message. And I heard the word the Lord said, and, and, and this will be different for each one of you in your context, that God's saying for us to step out. This is a season of step, stepping out. It is time for each one of us to step out, to step into, to step out of and, and towards some new Things in God. And maybe for some of you, God is speaking to you about stepping out of your comfort zone. And what your comfort zone is, is different than my comfort zone. But I believe this, that God has more for each and every one of you. Well, today we are continuing our series called Follow Me, where Jesus has called each one of us to be his disciples, that we're called to follow him. And following him means that we get to become more like him. His desire is that we'd be more and more like him in our character and our nature and the way that we live each and every day. Well, when I graduated from high school, I had a a once-in-a-lifetime job. And it was an incredible opportunity. I was asked to work inside of the red zone of Mount St. Helens that uh, I graduated in 1988 and the volcano had recently become dormant. I'm saying like five years it had since it had, had its last uh, uh, volcanic activity. And I, what was the Red Zone? Well, the Red Zone was the place right next to the mountain uh, where you, people, unless you had a special reason to be there... You were not allowed to be there. Now, who here would feel comfortable sleeping, having a, uh, you're, you're going to bed at night a mile away from a volcano that could blow up and you could go, you know, blow you to smithereens? Who would think that was exciting? Well, I was, I was 18 years old. I thought it was kind of cool. And, um, but the job that I got was less than exciting. It was, in fact, it was kind of monotonous. It was a little bit boring. And here's what my job was. For four straight days, 12 hours a day, I was required to take wheelbarrows full of dry cement bags two and a half miles into a tunnel. I would go into the tunnel. I would go down the two and a half miles. I would find the people that were doing the cement work. I would give them the bags of concrete. I would take the empty wheelbarrow out of the tunnel. And I did this for four days, 12 hours, in the tunnel, out of the tunnel, uh, and we'd do it all over again. And you can only imagine after a day or so, my body got very sore And as the days and the hours wore on. And even though it was a simple job, it was not an easy job. Why am I sharing this today? Well, today we're going to continue our series called Follow Me or Come Follow Me. And even though it is a simple request that Jesus makes for us, it does not mean that it's an easy request. It doesn't mean that it is always something that is comfortable or something that maybe even we like doing. You see, it's not easy to do because it requires each one of us to make the choice of following Jesus regardless of what the cost is. You see, Jesus, as I shared a few weeks ago, is not only looking for people that will acknowledge who he is, that know about him. He's not only looking for people that will believe in him, even though that is our beginning point. But he's looking for people who will choose to become like him, to become his followers. And I've learned this over the years, that not everybody who calls themselves a Christian is actually a Jesus follower. In fact, there's many people that don't follow Jesus. They do what they want to do. So what does it then take to become a Jesus follower? Well, if you would turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. We're going to review uh, just a couple things before we dive into today's topic, and it's this. Then Jesus said to his disciple, "Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me." Well, why? why what, what do we have to do to become a, a Jesus follower? Well, he says the key is to take up his, take up your cross. Well, what is my cross? Well. Your cross is the place where your will collides with God's will. And every one of us has places where we know that God speaks to us or God challenges us or we, we read the word of God and he, and he puts something in our heart. He's like, here's what I'm asking you to do. And there's those moments in time, if you've been a, a follower of Jesus or a believer for any time, you know that your will has been crossed by God. Where you're like, I don't sure know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to forgive that person. They really hurt me. Ah, uh, I don't know if I really agree with, uh, with what God's saying about this issue or that issue. And so if we're not careful, we, we, don't, we can become acknowledgers and not followers. But here's what God says to us. We are called to pick up our cross and follow him daily, that we're to allow him to challenge our will. And the question that each one of us has to ask ourselves is, will we lay down our will at the cross? Now, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Peter preached a great message that sometimes we're good at making excuses. <laughs> you know, God asks us to do something. We know that we should do it, but we're like, you know what, man? You know, I'll, I'll start tomorrow. Who here has ever said that? Well, I'll start tomorrow. Maybe you, this isn't a God thing, but maybe you just you, it's, it's after Christmas, and you're like, you know, I need to lose a few pounds. I'll start my diet. What, when? Tomorrow. And so we, we talk about it, and then all of a sudden, the tomorrow comes and you get called by your friends. Hey, would you come over for dinner? We're going to have all you can eat pasta. And you're like, oh, I love pasta. I'll start tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow. And and so we begin to make excuses about things or I I know I should go I know I should go talk to my my friend about something or I know I should my my kid you know my kids weren't did, did, were came in late last night and I need to say something. well I'll just do it tomorrow and we can make excuses for why we don't do it and I believe this that that that, that to be a Jesus follower means that we recklessly dive into the plan and purposes of God. You know, we may not understand everything that he asks us, but we make this decision that Jesus, whatever you're asking me to do, I'm willing to do it. You say go, then the, the, then the answer is let's go. And what makes us so hard is to truly, when we unpackage everything, to follow Jesus is really to die to ourselves. And it sounds quite drastic, and it is to our will or what we call our flesh. And it's not really... What I'm sharing today is not really popular within our society, or even to many church members. We, well, we enjoy things that require minimal effort, or at least the, or, or at least that don't require too much change. here, if you have your way? You, you like to do things where you don't have to do things. <laughs> like a good day off is a day where you don't do a whole lot. Uh, you know, you figure out how can I not leave this couch or how can I sit by the lake or whatever it is, you try to get to a place where you don't have to do a whole lot more. And, and so our desire is that we, our nature is that we tend to strive for the easy way. We look at finding ways that get results where, with very little effort, and I know sometimes I stay up late at night and you've watched infomercials or you get an advertisement on your iPad and it's like, hey, do you want to get a, a body that you've always wanted, Attach these wires to your stomach, and you'll do 500 crunches in five minutes. Wow. And in less than two weeks, you'll have abs of steel. Oh, I want abs of steel. Yeah, That sounds awesome. But who here knows, that's not the way that it works. It, it's, it's, you're being sold something here. And the problem is, if we're not caref- careful, is that, that we can be pulled into, where we look for a low-cost Christianity. That we want to serve Jesus out of our, our convenience or what, what fits our schedule or, or what's easy to us. And I've got to be honest because I've been guilty of this in the past, that even in churchdom as a, as a leader, many times we cater to these things where we're like, well, we don't want to push people too hard. We don't want to challenge them too much. So we, we come with easier ways of doing things in God. So we we don't maybe talk about sin as much or sacrifice or the fact that life transformation is messy and challenging. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting today? And here's where the confusion can happen inside of our hearts many times is we we start thinking about God and we're like, well, he's gracious and he's loving and he's kind. And yes, he is all of those things. And so we we, we understand that God's love is free. and, and And I want you to hear that today, that his love is absolutely free. He loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. He loves you so much. And God's forgiveness is free. It's a gift that you either accept or reject in your life. The choice is yours. But here's what we have to understand, that it doesn't translate. If you want to see life change, you want to see things change in your life, it will require a cost. It just doesn't happen by osmosis or by just sitting around. You see, answer prayer, if we we want to see our prayers answered, it will require a sacrifice. And if we want to see our relationships change and we want them to become stronger, our marriages, our relationship with our kids, or people, our family, I'm telling you, they will cost you something. It's not for free. Because for faith to grow, there will be a cost. And Jesus shows us A hint into this as we get into what we're going to focus on today of when Jesus says, Come, follow me, what is He asking us to follow Him? And we're going to talk today about how Jesus has called us to have a lifestyle of prayer. That the challenge for us is to be people who, who make prayer a big part of our lives. And here's what we see in Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 36. Jesus is about to be crucified, He's about to be taken away and here's what happens and this is then they then Jesus went to the olive grove called Gethsemane and he said sit here while I go over there to pray we know that when we study Jesus he 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 was always praying he was always removing himself whenever he could from the crowd so he could spend time in prayer. It was the key to his ministry. It was the key to his life on earth. And then it says in verse 37 that he took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yes, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. There is Jesus coming to his cross, the reality of the cross. In verse 40, this is where we're going to focus. It says, then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. (laughs) He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Who would agree that our body, our flesh, is very weak many times? <laughs> we have such a great desire to do things. And so what, is, what does Jesus say the key is? He says, he says, pray, pray, pray so that you will not give in to temptation. So that you will not give in to your weakness. Who hears believes this like I do, that the important things in life are not always the easy things. You know, it's not always easy. If you you want to see, uh, you know, for you to be successful in your life, whether it's in your finances, like I said, whether it's in your relationships, whether it's in academics or your work, you have to work at it. You have to make sacrifices for that to happen. And so we see this, that when Jesus is on the path to the crucifixion, he asks his his disciples to do something incredibly powerful with him. He asks them to join with him in prayer. And I want you to hear this today. I hear the voice of God. I hear the Spirit of God. He's calling to each and every one of us. He's like, will you come and join with me in prayer? Will you come and follow me into the, the place, the quiet place of prayer? In fact, he asks them this. He says, would you not pray with me for one hour? Today we're going to talk about the importance of the discipline of prayer in our life. And I'm almost going to guarantee you probably haven't heard a message like this. If you have, it's been a long time. But I believe this, that to follow Jesus means to follow him and become like him in our passion for prayer that he wants us to center our lives around prayer, around, you know, his word and prayer. Those are the the, the two main things. But he wants us to understand why it's important that we pray. You see, I believe this, and Jesus spoke this, that prayer makes things happen. That when we pray, we affect and impact change in the world around us. John Wesley, one of the great theologians, of the 19th century, maybe even the 18th century, said this, God does nothing but by prayer and everything with it. You see, God moves, is moved through prayer. And we understand this. I think for any of us that have been around church or Christian teachings for any part of our life, we we know that prayer is something that is healthy. We know that it's something that we should do, but for some reason, it's not an it's not easy. i got to be honest. Prayer is not always as easy as I would like it to be. I've discovered that I can watch eight hours of TV without even thinking about it. But sometimes 15 minutes of prayer, oh my goodness, it's like, wow, oh, look at the sacrifice, the sweat comes off of your brow. It seems like it's like, why is that? And here's the, the a, a, a reality that prayer gatherings are some of the least attended gatherings in the church. Why is it it's not because we don't believe that prayer is important. we all would we, we could recite that, but I think it's because we don't understand sometimes what is actually happening and how powerful it is. You see not only. Are we called to pray? But Jesus asks, and he's still asking us today, could you not pray with me for one hour? <laughs> Excuse me, Pastor Todd, did you just say one hour of prayer? <laughs> you didn't really say one hour, did you? <laughs> that's kinda, that sounds pretty crazy. Pastor Todd, in fact, that's Im- impossible. Oh, it's not impossible. Incredibly challenging, but not impossible. We got to be honest here. And here's what I want you to hear today, that every single one of us is at a different place in our journey with God, in our walk with Jesus, and in learning how to follow him. And and, and I want to say this today, that maybe it's not something you feel like you could do today, but given some time, I believe this, and some practical advice, you'll not only be able to do it, but listen to this, this is the crazy part, you'll actually enjoy it. (laughs) You Now you're like, now he's really gone crazy. (laughs) So why one hour? Why are you talking about one hour? Pastor Todd, you're kind of sounding a little bit legalistic today. You know, aren't we saved by grace? We walk by grace? We live by grace? Yes, we do. But God gives us the grace to do what he's called us to do. Hallelujah. You see, why one hour? Because one of the things I know about our life is that we're so busy. We're so full of things that that go on. In fact, I want to say this. The busier you are, the more that you need prayer in your life. And the reason I believe that Jesus mentioned could you not pray with me for one hour is because it gives us time to remove the distractions that we have so many distractions, so many things that crowd our heart and our mind and our spirit and it just sometimes it takes some time to remove all of that stuff to be able to focus and to be able to center our lives around God and hearing his voice. You see, when we spend more time with the The Father refreshes our our soul and strengthens our spirit. It allows us to put God first and then he takes us into greater dimensions with him. Now I know this and I was here at one point. I know that I've talked to people and some of my friends and my family. and Many of them are like, I just don't like praying. It's hard. I struggle to do it. And I believe why is it that, they, that where they're at with it? It's because they've never experienced the best parts of prayer. Well, they pray for five minutes here and ten minutes there. And don't get me wrong, I want to say this today, that all prayer is powerful and all prayer is important and all prayer is good. And I'm not here to diminish anything when it comes to that. But it's really the hardest part because when you first start praying and you start getting into prayer, it's when you're dealing with all that stuff and it's the most painful and difficult part of praying. And there's just something that happens as you begin to center your heart and your mind on, on the Father and listening to his voice and to Jesus, that as you, as you are able to discipline your, yourself, that all of a sudden you begin to see that the Spirit will push those things back and you'll enter a whole other place of peace and rest in God's oh, wonderful presence. I'm not here to make you feel guilty today. Hopefully I'm here to inspire you that there's something that is so much deeper and richer and greater that comes with serving God and being called to follow him. Mm. So what happens when we spend an hour in prayer? I got a couple things I want to share with you. First of all, it allows us to hear God's voice. I think now, more than ever in history, we need to hear God's voice. We need to be able to understand his voice. And I want to say this emphatically today. I want to say this with every bit of my being. Every single one of us can hear from God It is not just reserved for special people. It's not just reserved for those who are ultra-spiritual. It's not just reserved for those who you maybe think are just, they're they're in a whole nother level. But God's voice is for everyone. And when I say everyone, I mean everyone. But here is what the issue is, that most of us have not trained our ear muscle to hear his voice. Because Jesus made this statement in John ten twenty seven. He said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. <laughs> Here we go. F- follow me. Oh, well, what what, what what happens with sheep and shepherds? <laughs> sheep are not the smartest animals. Like, I'm sorry. When God calls us sheep. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually better if he called you a donkey. I mean, I'm serious. I <laughs> said... They're smarter than sheep are, but hey, that's what he says. But here's the thing about sheep is because the shepherd spends so much time with them, with the sheep, the sheep begin to know the voice of the shepherd above every other voice. They recognize his voice. They follow his voice. They trust him. And if you do studies on sheep, they trust him so much that once they, they know who the, that their shepherd is. They'll, they'll let him do anything to them. Even when they run away, they say that the shepherd breaks their leg so that they won't run away anymore. They trust him. I had a high school basketball coach who demanded excellence. He was just a hard-nosed, old-school guy. We practiced for two to three hours every single day, and sometimes even on game days. He was just that kind of a guy. And we had many uh, multiple defenses and offenses and sets that we would run. We, For those of you that, I'm going to probably get way too deep here in basketball stuff, but now the way that things are run, it's all free-flowing and they, they have a little system that they run. But I, where I grew up where, man, everything was scripted and set and you had to know this and know this play and that play. And we would play in noisy gyms. And his expectation that was regardless of the noise and the chaos that was going on, when he asked us to do something, that we would hear his voice immediately. Because if you didn't, you were pulling slivers out of your behind. He demanded us. He demanded that we we understand and we know his voice. And it was something because we spent time with him that we developed that skill. And I want you to know today that hearing God's voice is a skill that must be developed. It will take you some time to really be able to hear his voice clearly. And I believe that that skill is developed by spending time with him in prayer. William McGill makes this statement. The value of persistent prayer is not that he will hear us but that we will finally hear him. <laughs> Many times we go to God and, uh, and I want to challenge some of you as we're going to talk about how do we experience this. We go to God and we never quit talking. And all God's saying is I've got things I want to share with you. Because he loves you. He cares about you. But he speaks in a still, small voice. You see, prayer trains us to recognize the voice of God above all other voices. And I say this today, that as I started at this section, that my greatest desire as a pastor, and I feel like if I can accomplish helping each person hear God's voice for themselves, I've done what God has called me to do. I believe it should be our greatest goal as parents in parenting is for us to teach our kids how to recognize the voice of God. I think about Samuel as a child in the temple who didn't understand whose voice it was, but he eventually learned to hear God's voice. You see, God's always speaking through the Holy Spirit for those who have ears that have developed to hear his voice. We, when we know his voice, we can make decisions with greater confidence. When we know his voice, we can experience his love and encouragement daily. You see, when we know his voice, we are able to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why one hour? Because it allows us to learn how to hear his voice. Secondly, it strengthens our faith, our faith muscles. The more time we spend in prayer, the more greater will our faith grow to. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And all I know is that when I spend time with the Father praying and he begins to share with me and speak to me and I hear his voice, it enlarges my, my face. You see, the more prayer, the more impact, the more change that's around me. But here's what we have to overcome, this current reality that maybe even today some of us are sitting in is that we don't we, we don't pray as much as we should or we, we quit praying because we don't really believe if we are honest deep down that our prayers make a difference. Or even that God hears our prayers or cares about what we pray. But here's what I know the more time that I spend seeking God, I begin to experience his presence, and I understand that my prayers do make a difference. Well, and I want to say this, I want to give you this newsflash that every time you pray, they have incredible impact. And if you understood the power of prayer, the power that is released through your prayers of faith, you would become a prayer addict. James 5.16 says this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. And he says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's not my words, that's the words of God. Do you know today that if you have embraced Jesus, you've accepted Jesus into your life, if you have given, confessed your sins to him, that you are now a righteous person. You're a righteous man or woman of God. You see when you pray under the covering of the blood of Jesus, the power of God is released through you. Because you are righteous through because you're righteous in Jesus, your prayers have power and it's not your power, it's his power coming out of you. I love what he says that The prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. You know what effective means? It means producing a decided, decisive, and desired effect. How can I say it? Prayer makes a difference. Prayer changes things. Your prayer makes a difference. A few years ago, we moved into a new house. And the process reminded me of why I had not moved for over 21 years. And why I hope I never have to move again. I realized, and my wife is here this service, I joke because she wasn't here for this part. um, I have a very, very large book collection. In fact, I have eight shelves full of books from school college from things that I've read, things that I'm going to read, and, you know, you might have some of those books too. <laughs> but I have a lot of books. And I realized as I was moving that I had a lot of books. I took the boxes from my base, I packed up the books in my basement, went up the stairs, loaded the truck, got to our new house, went down two sets of stairs, put them there, and by the end of the first day my leg muscles were jelly. And I had to catch my breath regularly, but by the second day, I didn't want to move. After a week, though, my legs began to become stronger. Oh, that tells you how many books I had. This was a week-long project. And my lungs were no longer were as painful. Why? Because I began to get stronger in my body from moving those books. You see, I believe this. As we spend more time in prayer, we become stronger and our spiritual endurance grows. Building spiritual discipline is not easy, but it is possible. So how do we pray for an hour? How do we make the impossible possible? Well, here's what I believe. When you, you look around and you see and you hear about people that have these incredible prayer lives, how do they do it? Are they just, Do they just randomly sit around and wait for God to speak to them? No, they have a prayer process, a flexible routine. I want you to write down a couple things if you can today for those of you who are taking notes. Jesus said, would you not tarry with me one hour? How can we tarry? How can we pray with him one hour? Well, I believe that here's key number one. First of all, you need to have a time when you pray. What is your time? What is the best time of your day? Is it in the morning before everybody gets up? Are you an early riser? Can you get up ahead of everybody else? Maybe you're an night owl. Your best time is when everybody goes to bed. If you have a time that you tend to go to every day, I believe you're going to be more successful at praying every day. Not just when I think about it. Not just when it works for me. I, I've learned this in my life. I, I don't, I, 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 as a pastor, my schedule is incredibly busy. If I don't plan things, they don't happen. You got to be intentional about what you're doing. Secondly, I think it's important that you have a place that you pray. Where, where, where can you be comfortable? Where can you be you? Where can you talk to God? Where can you cry a little bit? Maybe sing off key a little bit. Where can you, you share things that maybe you don't want other people to hear? Where is that place for you? Maybe you have a, a, a special den that you go to where nobody else is around. Maybe for you gentlemen, it's your garage. It could be your car. Maybe there's a place that you like to go for walks and it's outside. It's in nature. Whatever it is, have a place. But here's what I want to focus on just as we close our time together. I believe that you need to have a plan. Most people are not successful at developing spiritual disciplines in their life because they do not have a plan to make it work. So if I decided I wanted to, um, you know, put on some muscle, I might go to a health club to lift weights, right? Do anybody here, go, do any of you go to workouts, out workout at the health club? That's your, your thing, Few of you are raising your hand. Some of you are like, "I wish I was raising my hand." Probably need to raise my hand. Well, you, you, if if you didn't have a, if you if you didn't know what weights to lift or what types of exercises to do, to do, if that's something you wanted to do, who knows? You would quickly become discouraged because you wouldn't experience the results that you wanted. Uh, I, I have to confess something here today. My wife's going to enjoy is enjoying this service because I, I confess my bookshelf thing. I also want to confess that I, I, the last club membership I had, I bought a two-year membership. I went to the club two times. <laughs> I am not going to say that it's brought up here and there, but it could be. Here's the reality of life. If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. Yeah. So what's a, a good plan to pray for one hour? And, and I'm sharing this today because I know uh, growing up, I, uh, when I was a, a teenager and young adult, I'd hear a lot of messages about how I needed to pray more, and then nobody told me how to pray more. would <laughs> be like, okay, tell me. I recommend if you want to pray for one hour a day that you would use what we call a 60-minute prayer wheel. Now, this isn't a Buddhist thing. I know some of you are like, I've heard about that. No, this is actually prayer points. So here's what I mean. Simply, it is a prayer time that is divided into 12 five-minute increments following the numbers on the clock. So if you started right at the top of an hour at the 12, here's what you do. Here would be an example. And there are many examples you can find. There are lots of outlines that are there online, or you could even make up your own. Now, this week we're going to put one of these out here for you to be able to uh, look at. I'm gonna, on Tuesday, we're going to talk about this and, and how we can present this for those that would like to join. But here would be an example of what I'm talking about. Here's the 12 things that you could pray about that would get you through an hour. First of all, start off by seeking God by thanking Him for what He has done, make a list. Of the things God has done in your life and thank him for them. You could do that every day. You could add to the list. Sometimes you would refer to the list. Other days it would come natural. The reason that I say have a list of things that you're thankful for because sometimes you have a hard time remembering and reminding yourself. So the list helps. That's what we do for the first five minutes. Second five minutes, seek God for personal revival. What does that mean? Ask God to show you his will for your life. God, what do you want me to do today? No, no, I'm not talking about, do I get up and go to work? Nope, oh, God said no work today. Hallelujah. <laughs> no. When I talk about what do you want me to do, God, is there somebody you want me to go talk to? Is there, is there something you're going to, is there something I'm gonna, uh, somebody I should share a word of encouragement with? Um, maybe ask him to, oh, here's a fun one, to re- reveal any areas in your life that you haven't surrendered to him. Ooh. Hello. Well that's the first ten minutes. Five minutes thanking God. Five minutes personal. Here's a one I think we'd all agree is important. Spend the next five minutes seeking God for those who are lost. Family members, friends. Put a list together. People that God's put on your heart, co-workers. Maybe God puts a nation on your heart. Maybe there, there's something that you're, you're praying about. God, would you, would you, um, you know, maybe you, you live like I did for many years next to uh, our Muslim neighbors. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed every day until eventually the majority of them became believers. Pray for the lost. Here's one that I think people might think is important. Number four. Seek God or pray for Canada. <laughs> Who would agree Canada needs a little bit of prayer? Could you use some help? Let's ask God to pray for our leaders, our people, laws and all those things. Pray for your nation. Make a list of those things. Number five. Pray that there would be a prayer awakening. Oh, well, that's what I'm praying for right now because prayer is powerful Pray that the revelation of prayer would be released to all of God's people, that we would would join together in prayer, whether it's in our private times or, or together, and that you would maybe even pray over all of the different prayer gatherings that you know, whether it's in our church or the city or our country, whatever it is. Number six, pray for the leaders of Eastside City Church. They need a lot of prayer. (laughs) Yeah, we need prayer. I can say this. I covet people that the prayers of people make such a difference. I feel it in my life when I know people are are praying. Our pastors, our leaders, everybody that serves in different areas. There's so many people here. Pray for the leaders of Eastside City Church. So this is, you're 30 minutes in here. Let's start the second half of our journey. Pray for the vision and mission of Eastside City Church. Pray for your church. Pray that we would accomplish what God has called us to do. If you're not sure what the vision is, God, I pray that you give a pastor clarity for the vision. I pray that we would hear more about the vision. I pray that you would show me more of the vision, that we'd be able to walk in the vision. But I just pray that that vision would be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Number eight, pray for the sick. Make a list of people who need healing in their body. You all know people that uh, that, that, need pe- that need God to touch them. We're believing God to do miracles. We need to pray for people who have healing and deliverance. Number nine, pray for the missions and missionaries that are connected to our church. Number 10, seek God for your personal needs. We all have things that we need God to move on. Make a list. Give it to God. Release it to God. See what He does. Number eleven: Take some time. Take five minutes for God just to speak to you. Have a pen. Have a paper. Say, God, I just would you would you show me something? Would you speak something today? And write it down. Ponder it. Write down what God speaks to you. Go back to it later on, and then end your time again. Number twelve: Spend time praising and worshiping God. We enter as Courts with thanksgiving as gates with praise. I probably got that all backwards, but you know what I'm saying. We praise God, we thank God. See, Jesus invites us as his followers to join with him in prayer. So what does this mean for us today? What does it mean for where you're at? Maybe as I talk about this, you're like, this just seems so far out there, Pastor Todd. I just, I don't think I can do it. Well, if you only pray every once in a while, why don't you start by praying a few minutes every day? Find your time in your place. Make that your goal in this next season, this next 30 to 60 days. If you are only praying a few minutes each day, increase it to 10 to 15 minutes a day. Again, you're working these muscles. They're going to get stronger. They're going to get healthier. You're going to experience more. Yeah, you're going to have days where you need to push through. It's not going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to feel mechanical. Sometimes it's going to feel like a duty. But eventually it'll grow into a discipline. If you can do 15 minutes a day, press towards an hour. Because as you build this discipline into your life, As it begins to grow, as it begins to flourish, all of a sudden you're gonna hit this place where it becomes delight, where you're gonna experience God in powerful ways. God's gonna be speaking to you, revealing things to you each and every day. See, God wants to reveal more of himself to you every single day. You see, we don't live in the time before Jesus where people had to go to the temple to a priest to to bring a revelation to them one time a year if it was possible. When Jesus came and he died on the cross and the the veil was ripped, rent in the temple, God gave us access to him 24 seven. We have the privilege of being able to walk with God, to approach God to hear from God. But it isn't just going to happen because we have a desire or we hope God will speak to us. It happens when we become intentional and we say, God, I want to develop more in this. And, and let me just say this, as God's not about just, well, I'm going to make you wait forever and ever and ever. He the Bible says that when we draw close to him, he will draw close to us. He promises us that. As we respond to the call to pray for one hour, I know that you are going to experience incredible growth as well as see God answer your prayers. Where are you at Today. Maybe this isn't today what you thought you would hear it to church. I know it's challenging. (laughs) But I hope you hear my heart today. Is that God's desire is for each and every one of you to experience him in every part of your life. That you can hear God's voice for yourself, for your family, for your children, for your grandchildren, for your parents. Whatever it is that you need, God wants to speak to you. But you have to say, God, I want to separate some time. I'm going to separate time in my schedule. I'm going to make you a priority. I'm going to seek you first each and every day. I'm praying for our church. You see, I have a dream. I have a dream that our Monday night prayer times will grow from 20 to 30, which it's been great over COVID. We went from 10 people praying to 20 to 30 people praying. But I have a dream that we'll have 100 people pray together every week. I have a dream that we're going to have our First Sundays or other prayer gatherings, and, and instead of it, maybe the people filling one section, this whole place will be filled with people seeking God. And God's presence just going. And lives being changed in a moment. Things happening both in the church and outside of the church in our everyday lives. I just want to pray here today. Lord, I thank you for every person that is here today. Lord, I know that what you ask me and what you we what I'm speaking to them about isn't Necessarily easy, but it's absolutely essential. And God, I pray today, Father, that you would just stir in each one of us a a renewed faith to believe, Father God, that when we pray, that when we speak, that when we spend time with you, Father God, that our prayers have impact, that they change things. They change lives. They change situations. They change circumstances. I pray for those today who are struggling to see themselves as righteous. Father God, that they would experience the truth of your word, that they are righteous men and women of God. Father God, that when they pray that heaven and earth is being moved, that things are being released, that that the doors are being opened and closed. Father God, they're being loosed and bound up. But God, more than what you can do, God, I pray that there'd just be a release of fellowship with you in your spirit. That they would hear you speak to them, that they would experience your presence. that each one would know how much you love them and how much you just like to be with them. God, take us to this new place. God, make us be those who are not afraid to dive into you, to be reckless in our faith for you, towards you. Jesus says today, again, come, follow me. Hmm. Some of you, he's even beginning to touch you right now. This doesn't have to be just a moment here. Place with him. That's what Jesus is telling us. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've, you've never made that decision to say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. And you feel God speaking to you. You hear about this God that I can act, that actually wants to speak to me and wants to talk to me. That's what he wants to do. But it starts by saying, by giving your life to him. And so if you're here today, whether you're online or you're in this auditorium and you feel like God is tugging at your heart and you realize you need to embrace Jesus and say, Jesus, come and take center stage in my life with every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm just asking, would you lift up your hand today? I want to pray for you. I want to give you this opportunity to begin this new journey with Jesus God is so good he's so wonderful he's so amazing let's just pray this together for those because I can't see what's going on online. online I can only see what's going on here and I know God's touching people let's just pray we believe in praying aloud and never alone here Jesus I confess that I've sinned I ask you to forgive me to free me help me to become like you I thank you for your death burial and resurrection and I receive your free gift of eternal life we serve a great God as I said today duty discipline to delight God has great things in store for those who are willing to seek him. So my encouragement to you today is seek him with all of your heart. God bless you. Have a great day. We're going to have some people here at the front if you want prayer for anything. We'll be here to pray with you. As well, tomorrow night, again, at 730 to 830, we have prayer can connect with us on Zoom. We have the link at our website at eastsidecitychurch.ca. We'd love to have you join with us and see what God can do. God bless you. Have a great day.